Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the Word. God bless you. But I feel this morning before I speak, you see, this platform is is a very special place. It's normally full of words, but God always wants it to be words and wonders. God wants to do wonders, signs and wonders. And sometimes He will send somebody 5,000 miles from His home so that I wonder. And I've reckoned the reason He does that is because He knows I don't know you. So He's just going to do something extraordinary because He knows that I personally could not know anything about you. So He's going to do something incredible. We have a few minutes this morning in this first service. And I'm a great believer in just allowing the Holy Spirit because I know this church. We are friends. So I'm going to tell you a story. Because I have a very, I grew up in a very happy home. And as I've already said, four generations We have three kids and three grandchildren. Some of you, your hearts are breaking because when you listen to somebody say that, you go, that's all right for you. So on this Mother's Day, God wants to break into your heart. Let me tell you a quick story. We have a beautiful family in our church. They have four daughters. Several years ago, their teenage daughter, one of the teenage daughters went missing and nobody knew where she was. I'm going to cut the story short, but just to say, I ended up at the police station with the mother who was breaking her heart and we are pleading with the police to find their daughter. We decided the next day to call the church together to pray. And that evening, many people came out for one reason, to pray for the missing daughter. And half an hour, I mean the place, you can imagine we are pleading for God to do something for this precious family. Half an hour in to one of the noisiest prayer meetings I've ever been in, John. We hear a scream. Everybody stops and looks around, what's going on? And a friend runs to the front with a mobile phone and says, She's coming home. Wow. 
she just texts to say, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. And the very next day, she comes home. The reason I'm telling that story is the Holy Spirit reminded me that there will be people in this service right now that you have raised kids to the best of your ability. You've loved them. You've given them everything they needed. But for some reason, for some of you, your kids are high on drugs. Some of them have become dependent on alcohol. And some of you are breaking your hearts as moms this morning because right now you've done everything you knew what to do as a mom and as a parent. But your son and your daughter couldn't even be bothered to send you a card, let alone buy you flowers. You don't even know where they are. For some of you, that you know where they are, but their hearts are far from you, let alone far from God. And I'm just asking right now that we t- turn this into a holy moment whereby we see the miracle power of God work out and move in this place. Because God wants you to know that they're coming home. And today we're going to see them come home. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So right now, if that is you, I'm just going to ask that we all as a church start to pray just for 15, 20 seconds right now. In the name of Jesus. And from this platform, I'm calling your kids back home. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus all over this church congregation right now for sons and daughters that have not been back, the sons and daughters that have gone away, for sons and daughters that are on drugs, that sons and daughters that have gone away from you as a family, that sons and daughters that have got lost in life. I pray in the name of Jesus, come on everybody, in the name of Jesus today that your children come back home. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus, shall we? This morning, expect a miracle. Expect a miracle. Now, the second thing is this, very quickly. One of the most notable miracles that happens in our church is those that cannot, those that are married that cannot conceive. In fact, uh, Jillian, Caleb, the, the guy from our church, is a beautiful Filipino guy. He's the guy that drove us to the airport for this trip. His little girl is called Miracle. The reason she's called Miracle is because she is one of the many that was born with their mother being unable to conceive. There is somebody here. There's somebody in this section here this morning. In fact, you're pretty new to this, so you're, already your mind is going, yeah, but it's going to happen for all these other people. No, it's, it's going to happen for you today. Now, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. The moment you leave church today, I want you to write in your diary, in your phone, on a piece of paper, tuck it somewhere privately. This is the day of my miracle. Because just as little miracle in our church was born that everywhere she goes now when she goes to school they're going to say why are you called miracle because I was a miracle God wants you to know there is somebody specifically here right in this section right now that you 
are facing a childless existence for the rest of your life because the doctors have said there is no hope. Let me ask you this question, whose, whose report will you believe? So on the count of three, I'm gonna pray and we're gonna see God do, and it's not just there. In fact, there's, there's a lady just in this section here and there are others too. The title of my message today, which I'm gonna to start to speak about in the next 30 seconds is called, There's Always a Way Back Home. And Jesus wants you to know today, you'll never be good enough for a miracle. You don't deserve it, you will never earn it. You know why he does it, because he loves you. So if that's you, place your hand on your tummy. If you're right now unable to conceive, on the count of three, I'm gonna pray. Ready, one, two, three. In the name of Jesus, womb be made open, whole, we break any curse. We break barrenness for that lady here, 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 whoever you are, in the name of Jesus. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Get the room ready, get the nursery ready. Start to buy stuff ready for your new baby. This is the day the Lord has made and He's made it for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, God bless you. Fantastic, why don't you take your seats this morning? Fantastic. Well, we've been pastors for 30, uh, coming 34 years now. And uh, one of the reasons that I'll share with you in a few moments, the career that I was uh, starting out to have the reason we gave it all up was really for the call of God because we love God and we love people. And our church back at home, Champions Church UK, send their greetings to you today. And uh, they've already finished their services because we're eight hours already. So while we were sleeping, we didn't even have to worry about it because we were asleep. So once again, happy Mother's Day. You can always tell a nation, can't you? And always tell a country even by the very important dates that it holds. So we're similar. We have Mother's Day. In fact, this is Gillian's second Mother's Day this year because we, we have a different date to you. I don't know why we have the same Father's Day. But anyway, <laughs> second one. And uh, so for instance, uh, you can tell the nation that you're in by the, the very important date. So for America, it's like Independence Day. Yeah. Why are you cheering? You, you broke free from us. <laughs> Memorial Day. Yes. Great days like that. And then in England, we have Pancake Day. We have a day called Pancake Day. Would you believe it? You have Memorial Day, we have Pancake Day. 
Are you ready for the scriptures today? All right. There's always a way back home. So I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2. Some of you will be familiar. You know, if you've never picked up a Bible in your life, don't switch off. Get ready. It says this, every, every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. In other words, they went there every year. After the festival was over, while his parents, that's Mary and Joseph, uh, were returning home, the boy Jesus, I love that, the boy Jesus, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Some of you would love to do that with your kids, wouldn't you? <laughs> Traveled on for a day. <laughs> the amount of times, Gillian, that I've got home and you said to me, where's the kids? Have you ever done that passage? Where's the kids? And I said, I thought you had them. She said, no, you were supposed to bring them home with you. I had to go back to church to pick them. There they are on the car park. Where have you been? They've received counseling, don't worry. <laughs> then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. Have you got him? Have you got him? Uncle George, have you got him? No. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. Let's keep going. Thank you. And after three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. After three days, they found him in the temple court. Sorry, let's keep going. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, now it doesn't tell you the tone of voice, but you just imagine. I know what my wife would be like. Son, <laughs> and she wasn't saying this sweetly. Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I. Isn't it amazing, men, how we always push our wives forward for those difficult conversations? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it. No, you go, you go. You're better at this than I am. And then when she does say it, she says, your father and I. Your father and I have been anxiously. No, what she actually meant is I've been anxiously searching for you. Your father, your father couldn't care less. He, 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 he didn't even notice you'd gone. <laughs> Why were Jesus, this is now Jesus. Why were you searching for me? He asked, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. And he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in, his, in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. We have 17 minutes and 49 seconds left. So I'm going to motor right now. Now listen carefully. If you don't understand any of what's going on here today, because this is new and we were all new. I was new at my church the first day I was there. Think about it. 
Yeah, if you go to the local golf club, you're new on the first day. If you go to the spa, the first day you get there, remember, remember this in life, wherever you go, there you are. You know that? I think that's a great piece of advice I was given. Some of you will get that tomorrow. But listen carefully. If you don't understand anything like Mary didn't understand it, but she treasured it in her heart. I want you to think about this message, even if you may not understand anything about today, I want you to take it away and say, I'm going to think about that message in my heart. There's always a way back home. There's always a way back home. When we think about this story today from the Bible, it's not just a story. It's not a fairy story. It's an actual event that happened. So it's, it's not a story. It's an account. It's an account of what happened. And from that one account, I think we should say this. It's always a bad day when you lose Jesus. And some of you have lost him. And if I look like I've got my life all together, I can tell you I haven't. If I told you some of the stories about myself and my family, well, God, you know, I, you understand? Somebody once said, God gives you a family to prepare you for your enemies. <laughs> Hello? Does that translate? Yeah. We've been to enough places all over the world, Pastor John, to know that people are people. Families are families. Wow. It's a bad day when you lose God. You know, we all have one thing in common here. It's not the accent. Or the weather. I mean, I've noticed about San Diego, this is completely unfair. I look out of the bedroom window in the morning in San Diego and go, oh, it's a cloudy day. And then the sun comes out and it's absolutely, I don't know what to wear. I, start, I started out yesterday. This is true. I went out yesterday with a great big sweat top on because I was cold. And then we had to go back home for me to change into a T-shirt. That's because in England, when you see the clouds, you don't see the sun for another six weeks. So we don't have a lot in common, but one thing we do have in common is that every one of us this morning came from a home. Now your home may be small, it may not be paid for. In fact, you may be living in somebody else's home, which is okay as long as you told them. You may have a huge home. You may have several homes. We won't go into all of that because, you know, church is about incredible people from all walks of life. Some of you may not own a home. You may sleep in your car, whatever, but you have a place where you go back to. But you know something? Jesus doesn't live in a home. Jesus doesn't live in a house. The whole of this Bible, friends, today was written to show us the whole mission of God was to send Jesus to this world, to live, to die, to be resurrected for one reason, 
so that he can live in your heart. But what's strange is that we, especially as pastors, we're forever saying to people when they come to church, welcome to the house of God. Why do we say that when God doesn't live here? Oh, it's great that we've come to the house of the Lord today. Well, that's weird because He doesn't live here. You know why we say it? Because it's in the Bible. For instance, here's two Psalms. Psalm 122. It says this, I rejoiced when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So it's in the Bible. That's why we say it. And then we have the next Psalm, Psalm 84. It says this, better is one day in your courts, O God, than a thousand years elsewhere. That's why it's worth coming to church today for a one and a quarter hour service than to spend the rest of your mother's day at the shopping mall. I would rather be a doorkeeper, it says, in the house of God than to be a bouncer at the local nightclub because being a greeter in church is far better than being anywhere else. Isn't it amazing how the Bible refers to the church as the house of God? But he doesn't live here. There's one story that you'll all know. Whether you've never been to church before or whether you've never read the Bible before, you will have heard of the prodigal son. I was that man. I'll tell you about it in a second. But the prodigal son is a story made up by Jesus. He made this story up to teach a truth. It's about a father who had two boys. And as they grew, the one said, Dad, I'm not going to wait for you to die. I think you're going to live a long time. So I'm going to ask you for my money now. What a great idea. And dad said, okay, not such a great idea. And cut a long story short. So the one boy, the prodigal son, goes away for a few years, spends everything on living a crazy life. And maybe that's been your life and your story. And then he said, I need to go back to my father's house. Friends, there's always a way back home. There's always a way back home. And so he rehearses his little prayer. Father, I have sinned. Make me one of your servants. And the Bible says that his father saw him a great way off and welcomed him home. Jesus made that story up to show us a truth. That he's a father. And he welcomes you back. Isn't it interesting that in John's gospel, I believe it's John chapter 14, Jesus is talking to his disciples about heaven. Don't let your hearts be troubled, he says. You believe in God, believe also in me. And the next verse says, my father's house has many rooms. In the, old, in the old translation of the Bible, 
He says, in my father's house are many mansions. I prefer that translation. (laughs) I go to prepare one for you. Do you know that Jesus right now is preparing? I'm so grateful the Bible doesn't say, in my father's house are many shacks. I go to repair one for you. Some of you got that idea. Oh, you know, I'm not looking forward to heaven. Well, you better make sure you're getting there first in the name of Jesus. And I go and prepare a place for you. And when I come back, I'm going to take you there so that you can be with me where I am. You will be also. Isn't it incredible right throughout the pages of the Old Testament, the Psalms, and then the New Testament, and then ending in heaven, Jesus keeps saying the same thing house, my father's house, my father's, and then tells us he doesn't live there. You know why he says that? Because he wants to paint a picture that when you give your life to Christ, it is like coming home. He doesn't tell us this is his house for because he lives here. He tells us this is his house to make you know you have a home. Isn't it amazing? God doesn't say in my file, this house is a library. I don't know what libraries are like here, but in England, in libraries, there's a big notice. Please be quiet. Shh. I grew up in a church like that. In fact, my dad used to say to me when I was a child running around in, 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 in when I was just a, a young boy and we, after the service had finished, it was such a celebration that the service had finished. <laughs> just saying. I knew all about eternity from the services that I sat through. They only lasted just an hour, but I thought... This is never, ever, ever going to end. So we'd be in a playful mood. And my dad would say, Shh, don't you know where you are? And I go, God didn't call you to a library or a museum or a, or a mortuary where dead people are. Neither did he call you to a cathedral with architecture. He simply wanted you to know when you come to Jesus, you come home. Six minutes, 36 seconds. Here's my story. I trained and for a decade, I I was a professional French chef. Yeah. It was pretty easy to get a wife. So I graduated from Chef's College. So my dream was to be a top London chef. And so I applied for a job in London and I got the first job in a French restaurant. So I bought myself a fast motorbike, a large suitcase, 
said goodbye to my girlfriend who's now been my wife for 38 years. Oh, just throw money. <laughs> Come on. I'm sorry. It, it is, it is ah, yeah. She said to me, what did you say to me? It's London or me. I said, I'm going to London. That hurt. That hurt. I shouldn't have said that because she forgot all about it. <laughs> no, seriously, we need to finish. So on that day, I strapped a huge suitcase to the back of my motorbike and I went down the freeway to London to live. Hmm. I said goodbye to my girlfriend. I broke my mother's heart as I waved goodbye. I walked away from God and I walked away from a dying church that I'd been raised in. And I went, this is a new life for me. I got promoted to second chef in six weeks. But sometime later, one Sunday morning when I knew my mom and dad <laughs> would be getting ready for church. I found home. My dad picked up the phone, which was pretty unusual. Because men don't tend to do that either. And this is what I said. Dad, it's not working out like I thought. The high life is the low life. And this is what he said back to me. Mark, then why don't you come back home? And I did. And I've been back home ever since, ever since. Three points as we close. Number one, are you ready? In fact, I forgot what point one is. Is it behind me? Oh, wow, that's pretty big, isn't it? Jesus is never lost. You are. Where have you been? You got lost. No, I, I was in the same place. If God seems far away, guess who moved? He's always there. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. If Jesus, what does it say? is never lost, you are. Why don't you come back home? Point two is this. Go back to where you last saw Him. Sometimes you have to go back to go forwards. And so they went back. And just a thought as we close, it took one day to lose him and three to find him. And sometimes you can lose him like that. 
You made a vow you would never sleep with that guy. And in a moment of madness and sexual gratification, you found Jesus walked out the door and you lost Him. Do you know why it takes three days to find Him, one to lose Him? Because of pride. I've noticed over three decades of pastoring that people can easily lose Jesus and they find it difficult, not because He's difficult to find, but because of my pride. I don't want to, find, I don't want to bow my knee again to Jesus. And so I keep find, trying to find Him, but I can't. And, uh, and today, let me speak to all the guys here, especially as a man to a man, it's time to bow the knee again. Many people have seen me over the years standing on a platform, but what they never saw is me on my face. Because that's the way back home, friends. When you decide this is it, I need to find Him again. And the final point today as we close is this. You'll always find Him in God's house. You'll always find Him in God's house. That's why we put on church. That's why we have these amazing services because you'll always find Jesus here. I'm going to ask all across this congregation right now, in fact, why don't we stand to our feet because that helps you to see we're coming into land right now. I know there are people here today. You've come because somebody invited you, but actually you're here because behind the scenes, God has interwoven you for you to be here today with every head bowed and every eye closed one of the greatest privileges in my, in, my, in my life right now is always leading people back home to Jesus men women young people, boys, girls Come back home. Come back home. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask you to raise a hand right now if you need to come back home. Thank you. I was going to count to three, but it's already happening. Yes, God bless you. Raise a hand right now. I'm going to include you in a prayer. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you all over this place. Yes, God bless you. Come on, hands all over this place right now in the name of Jesus. Raise a hand if you want to say today, Pastor Mark, I, I am saying, Jesus, I'm coming to you. All it takes is a humble heart and a confession from your mouth. And here is the prayer. Why don't we pray this prayer all out loud together to help you to pray? I'm going to pray a few words. Maybe you'd like to repeat it. Dear Jesus, I'm coming home. I need you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you for dying for me, for giving your life so that I can be free. I give you my life today. And may I never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. 
or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.